What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Contractor Secrets Podcast. You may not know this, but you are an investor. And in this episode, it's a deep episode about really what it is that we are buying and selling every single day. You're an investor. Remember that. As a business owner, you are an investor. You may not be in that role right now, but adapting this principle that I'm going to share with you in this episode is going to help you see really what your role is and ultimately what it is that you're actually buying and selling. You might think that you're selling paint jobs. You might think that you're selling roofing jobs or whatever trade that you do, but you're actually selling something a little bit different. And I'm excited to share that with you in this episode. So tune in. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right. They're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener. It's so much better. And that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time. And that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat. And that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets podcast. All right, everyone. Today, I want to talk to you about a mindset change. And maybe you have already adopted this way of thinking and you don't even know it. And I want to help you because this is the way that I see business. And if I can help you adopt my perspective, hopefully you can adopt similar or greater results in terms of your success. So I want to talk about the investor mindset today. It's a really important topic to me because it really impacts everything that I do in my business. And when you know the foundation of your business is based off of this premise, it really helps you make great decisions and it really helps you understand the importance of certain aspects of your business. So the investor mindset and really to start this off, I want to think of, I want you to think of really just investing in stock. Okay. So if you bought, I don't know, a hundred shares of Apple stock, what is your responsibility to Apple other than making the purchase? And you don't have to clock in. You don't have to do anything for Apple. You can simply just buy um, an ownership share of the company and sit back and relax. And ultimately, at this point in my business, that's where I'm at. You know, essentially, I really have nothing but free time at this point because I've kind of allowed myself to do that. That's always been a goal of mine in my business is to have my time. And I always set that out as a really as, as a benchmark was I want to be able to have my time to myself. I created my business for that. Now, a lot of us are kind of tied to our business. They, you know, uh, well, in, in most cases, you are the sole, you know, you are the reason the engine runs. You are the person that is in charge of everything. If you were to be removed from your business, then your business would be nothing. And really in contracting, this is, this is a huge detriment. It's not like we have a brick and mortar place. Now, think about it this way. If you had a brick and mortar contracting business, let's say you did all of your painting inside of a building and you know you had customers come into your building, okay? It wouldn't make sense for you to really just be doing every aspect of what's going on inside the building. Uh, it would be really easy for you to recognize, okay, I need to have somebody do inventory for this area of the building and it'd be good to have somebody greet the guests uh, in the front of the building and it'd be good to have somebody, you know, I don't know, explain our processes to the guests. So I need somebody to do that. But because our business is most cases is in most cases, um, you know, remote or, you know, we don't really have a physical location. Um, the idea of defining roles and all that stuff is kind of like, 
it's not as concrete as it would be if our business was under uh, a structure. So the reason why I'm saying all this is because when we come with an investor mindset, the investor mindset says, okay, I need to have this role, this role, this role. I got to do this, 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 and this. And then I can step back and watch the machine work. And if you don't have experience with that, you, you know, it just takes so long to get to that point. Um, and by that time you're pretty tired and you don't really, you know, you don't have the energy to invest in hiring and, you know, creating roles and all that stuff. And, it, and it's just kind of like this downward hill for you as a contractor. And we don't want that. Um, the idea is for you to be an investor. So another example I want to give you is if you were to purchase a painting franchise, let's say you were an investor of a painting franchise and you go up to uh, whoever, whatever franchise it is. I think I like, wow, one day I like their branding. So I'm going to use them as, as, as an example. I don't know too much about the processes but from what I understand it's pretty simple you know you'll pay a certain amount of money to be a franchisee let's say it's $35,000 and you go up to them and say okay I want to be a franchisee they say great okay here's what we're gonna do we're gonna give you this playbook and essentially this playbook says that you need a supervisor to manage the jobs and you need a salesperson to do your estimates and then you need four painters minimum uh, to create a crew painter one makes $20 an hour painter two makes $18 an hour painter three makes $16 an hour painter four makes $14 an hour the, this is what you can pay them okay after two months then you need to create another crew and this crew is gonna be you know crew two and painter one makes $20 an hour, painter two makes $18 an hour, painter three makes $16 an hour, painter four makes $14 an hour, okay? Now you're going to use, you know, this Facebook campaign and you're going to get this many leads and then you're going to have, you know, you're going to do this marketing, you know, event and you're going to, you know, garnish this much leads and this much business. And essentially what they're doing is they're putting a business in a box for you. And, you know, you as an investor, are, you're like, great, okay, so what what type of revenue can I anticipate? Oh, well, you're going to make, you know, uh, right around eighty dollars to $120,000 net profit a year if you do this X, Y, and Z, right? So as an investor, you're thinking, wow, this is great. Okay, they're going to set up all this stuff for me. Awesome. Okay, so that is really the benefit of a franchise. But you don't need a franchise to create that sort of system. It's just you have somebody really just facilitating and making sure that you're following the, you know, the rules. And that's what I did in my business. I didn't have anyone telling me to follow the rules, but I did exactly what I just told you. The four, the two teams, the supervisor, you know, all of the above. So now I have a system um, that, you know, is, is, could be duplicatable. If I were to franchise, I could easily, you know, just jot down everything that I do, put together, you know, training forms and all this and hold, you know, create a corporate office that holds our franchisees accountable for um, operating the same way uh, that is to be expected as the way I do it, and that's called brand consistency. So investor mindset, right? So let's scale back for a second because the investor mindset really comes down to what it is that you do every day. And if you think about what it is that you do every day and we narrow it down to a rudimentary principle, and I, I really wanna boil this all the way down for you because when you think of it like this, you're gonna realize really what it is that you do. So I have identified my role in my company as a buyer and seller of paint and labor. Okay, so obviously those of you who are listening to this and maybe you're a contractor who does roofing or tile, obviously whatever product that you do, you're a buyer and seller of that product and you're a buyer and seller of the labor uh, that you garnish to provide to the marketplace in, you know, in exchange for money. So really the conversation comes down to really when it comes to materials, 
you're not so much in control of the quality of the materials. It's the vendor's responsibility to do that. So ultimately, you can easily just switch vendors and if, the, if you're not happy with the quality of the product. So that's really easy. And you can negotiate your prices with them as well. Um, so from there, you're a buyer and seller of a good quality material at a good price. So maybe you did some negotiation to get you know, paint down to $30 a gallon like I did, um, you know, a really good quality paint. And uh, I sell that paint to the marketplace at a higher rate. So I'm, I'm a buyer and seller of paint, okay? But the hardest part and really what we actually do, because again, we don't make the product. We don't, you know, mix our own paint. You know, we leave that up to the, the paint stores to do. But what we do is we buy and sell labor. Labor is our job. We have to buy and sell labor to the marketplace. Now, you think about it on an even deeper level is that what you're doing is you're actually creating some sort of negotiation on what you are going to pay an individual to perform work for your company. So when you do an interview, they might say, you know, okay, I want $18 an hour. And you might say, you know, we're only going to give $16 an hour for this position. Okay. So you bought that person's labor. You bought their time for $16 an hour. Now, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be going to the marketplace and saying, hey, I have paint and I have somebody that can apply the paint. I'm going to charge you $30 an hour for this. Okay. So ultimately you're, you know, pricing, you know, the, the entire project out um, at that price. Okay. And, and just follow me because I'm trying to keep this as simple and basic as possible. Now, now the reason why it would be beneficial for somebody to hire you is because they don't want to find somebody to find you've already in other words you've already vetted out the applicant applicant to be an adequate applicator of the product okay so that is valuable to the marketplace okay they don't have to do it themselves number one and they trust your business and your brand to have adequate trained individuals to apply the paint in a way that is sufficient for the level of quality that you would expect out of a high performing contracting company okay but obviously we don't work with one person and some of us do and we need to get out of that so you bring on another person and you say hey this role is you know let's say $16 an hour okay and your responsibilities are x y and z and you're going to work alongside of this guy okay cool so you bought that person's labor for $16 an hour all right and now you have two people 14 and 16 and I'm working backwards here but you guys are getting the idea so you have 14 and 16 and now you have a team that you put together okay and you have the responsibility of overseeing and you are taking that labor that you now have which is $30 an hour and you're selling it to the marketplace okay and now you may sell it for more now you can sell it for $60 an hour okay because you bought it for 30 and you want to double your profit so now you're selling it at $60 an hour okay so you do the same thing you bring on somebody else as an investor and you say you know what I'm going to buy labor at this guy's level he has a lot more skill at $18 an hour so now you have an 18 a 16 and a 14 and now you have this um you know you have this labor force at $48 an hour okay that is what you're buying it for all right now you have to sell it to the marketplace for more all right so the investor mindset knows that he needs to spend a good amount of time on his hiring process because ultimately what we are doing as contractors is we're selling labor okay the paint and the materials and the other products that we use in our contracting businesses are independent of us it's out of our control okay we don't get to create the product unless you're one of the rare individuals who you know own a paint store and a paint company um, 
we're going to just stick to what we can control and that's the labor. So what do we need to do with labor? Okay, we have to manage it. Okay, we have to make sure that it's operating within um, the standards. We have to make sure that the labor is keeping the promises that was made during the sale. We have to make sure that the labor is, you know, um, operating with integrity. We have to make sure that the labor is getting the job done on time. That's profitable. If you budget a job for three days and the labor takes five days, you know, obviously you as an investor, you have to find a way to make that three days happen, whether it's applying pressure to the team or if it's, you know, some, some business owners, they take away money. Unfortunately, some business owners find other ways to motivate. So it's your job to curate that labor to not only help you capitalize on your investment, but more so make sure that you're keeping your promises to the marketplace, which makes you more valuable. So what happens when, you know, you are unable to, you know, or you don't want to manage the labor anymore? Well, you assign someone to manage the labor for you. This is your project manager and your project manager comes in and you only work with him and you say, okay, you are responsible to make sure that this team comes to work on time, that they're working adequately, that they're working fast, that they are, you know, helping, you know, so that project manager is essentially watching your labor investment portfolio for you. Okay. And he's essentially reporting back to you saying, Hey, this person's not working that fast. This person's making mistakes. So ultimately that person's coming back as a bad investment because they said that they were going to work fast and they weren't going to make mistakes. So this person is watching all this for you, which is freeing your time. Okay. But in the same way, hiring a project manager is an investment. Okay. So the amount of time that you spend finding a project manager, finding someone standards with experience with management experience with you know great communication skills that is your investment and your investment in a project manager is going to increase the value of the investment in your in your team labor pool does that make sense so ultimately what we're doing is we are buying and selling labor and as business owners we want the best possible investment so how do we how do we do that well we spend time hiring we really narrow down our hiring process when I see a company that's not successful one of my first questions is what's your hiring process how do you how do you acquire individuals to work into your company essentially it would be like somebody who says they're an investor in stocks and just kind of picking stocks based Based off of companies that they know. They didn't do any research on it. They didn't ask any professional advice. They don't have a process of which they buy and they sell. They just kind of buy the hot stock or they just buy whatever they want and they wind up losing. And that's the same thing. If we make poor hiring decisions and we don't have team structure, we don't have um, you know roles defined in our business, then that's ultimately what we're doing. And that's the major issue because ultimately, again, what we are doing is buying and selling labor to the marketplace. That's what makes us valuable. And what makes you even more valuable is your ability and your keen, you know, your keen sense of being able to assemble a team and knowing different personalities and knowing which personality goes with which person and knowing how to manage um, a, a team. So ultimately, you know, now you're moving outside of the actual project itself because you have a project manager. So now you decide, you know what, I'm going to create another crew. I'm going to sell more labor to the marketplace. I'm going to sell more. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sell, uh, this idea that we're able to, you know, help the marketplace by providing another team, another unit that, uh, can provide an excellent service. So you do the same thing again. And this time, you know, you have, um, you do the same thing. You find a manager, you find four teammates, you find, you know, um, really you just, you do exactly what, uh, you did the first time and you curate, you know, you try your best to, 
obviously find the best investments. You want to find the best people. So at this point in time, you have two crews to manage and ultimately you step back again and you say, you know what? I need to find a supervisor to manage this labor for me. I need to find a supervisor to manage these two investments. And ultimately what you're doing at that point in time is you're completely removing yourself from having to manage the investments. Now, I know I'm using investments a lot and I don't want you to think that what I'm doing is devaluing an individual by just pretty much saying that they're a number. Um, those of you who know me, I care so much about my employees. They are like my family. Um, you know, I go above and beyond for them. I don't want you to get the idea that I just see people as numbers because I don't. But as a business owner, that is what you're doing. You are buying and selling labor to the marketplace at a higher rate of which that you pay for it. And the value of your investment is how well the investments are managed um, and how well you manage the managers of the investments. Okay, that is the tier system of business. So with that being said, let me let me flip the script here. If you are working in your business as somebody who is a laborer, okay, Let's say that you're still quote unquote in the brush. I have a huge painting following, so I use you know painting analogies a lot, but I don't know, maybe the in the roofing business it's called you're still on the roof or you're a tiler and you're still in the bathroom. I don't know, whatever, whatever they say. So ultimately you're still in that role. Well, let me talk to you about opportunity cost as a business owner. If we are investors of and buyer and sellers of labor, I wanna to talk to you about opportunity cost. And opportunity cost is what you're giving up for what you're doing now. So as a business owner, let me give you an example of what you could be doing with your time. Let's say that for five days throughout the week, you knock on 150 doors a day and, you know, you know, forgive me for my math here, you hit a thousand houses, okay? So you hit a thousand houses in a week and you have a 10% closing ratio. So you sell 100 jobs in five days, 40 hours a week, okay? At $2,500 a job, you brought in $250,000 for your business, okay? Now, that same, you know, let's flip the script. That same other, other week in a different scenario, you worked 40 hours for your business in a role that could be replaced for $20 an hour. So ultimately, instead of knocking doors and marketing and canvassing for your business and generating almost $200,000 of revenue, in my very over-exaggerated example, you spent your time in a role that could be replaced for $20 an hour, which equates to $800. Okay, so you essentially gave up $249,200 of opportunity cost. Now, yes, my example is extreme, but in the same breath, you as a business owner are more valuable generating business for your company. The value is way higher. So the longer that you make the, I would say, honestly, it's, it's, it's come up with the idea that you can't find a replacement, which is so false. It's just a lack of hiring strategy. And you have to understand that the first step to creating a business is defining roles, attaching a dollar figure to those roles, and then hiring those roles, managing those roles, okay? And obviously, you are an investor of buying and selling labor. So I hope that opens up to your eyes to how detrimental it is for you to be physically doing anything in your business because you're way more valuable selling and canvassing work and managing the people in your business than you are actually physically doing the work. And a lot of people say, you know, Tanner, I've done the work for so long. I don't know how to not do the work. Well, I say to you that ultimately, if you are a hands-on business owner, your, your role is going to be better served as a manager of the production 
you're still able to kind of step in a little bit. You're still, you know the business mostly better than everybody. So you're able to teach and you're able to mentor. But remember, there's also people in your business that want to grow and you're stopping them from doing it. And I always say this, whenever people feel like they can't grow, they find somewhere else to go. Um, And that's really important for you. So don't let people stay stagnant because you're too afraid to get out of the production. Don't let that happen because ultimately what you're doing is you're just going to be making it worse for yourself because they're going to find somewhere else to go. And it could be a really loyal employee, somebody that's really invested in your business, but you're not giving them an opportunity to take on more roles and to grow as an individual. So they'll find somewhere else to go. And then you got to start from scratch. And then it's just a, a longer feedback loop uh, to get to where you were initially and then you have to make that decision again so just do it now get out of the brush get out of get off the roof and start thinking of yourself as a investor a buyer and seller of labor to the marketplace um, define your roles and uh, you know and then prosperity isn't isn't too far away so I hope you got something out of this today I hope you uh, really um, adopted my perspective of the way that I see what it is that we actually do Um, obviously there's so much more to it I really just wanted to give you that rudimentary version of the way that you can see business um, to help you understand how important hiring is, how important um, and really what you're actually doing um, in the marketplace. Thank you guys. I look forward to serving you in the future. If you want to join me on a breakthrough session, please reach out to me. It's super fun. You know, we just hammer out 30, 45 minutes of your personal business stuff, whether it's good or bad. Um, And if you value my advice, I'd love to share it with you. Um, So hit me up. Thanks for listening. Hey, I just want to take a second to thank you for joining me here on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Um, I'm just going to take this opportunity to let you know that my passion is coaching people, helping people. Um, I've changed my Instagram name to at Contractor Coach. And I did that because that is my passion. I want to help you. So please reach out to me. If you have an issue going on in your business, send me an email. Find me on Instagram, message me, and let's do a breakthrough session. I want to work through your problems in your business to help you get to that next level. And and one thing that I always say is this, you know, the difference between those that get over the humps and the hurdles in business is just a change in perspective. And that's what I plan to offer you. So get with me, message me, allow me to help you take your business to the next level.